Hey everybody, this is uh, John Maroon. We're on Spotlight, Maroon PR podcast, all things public relations and marketing, joined by my trusty sidekick, Jen Bloomer. Hi, Jen. Hello again. Yes, and our talented and effervescent producer, Johnny Goldsmith. Uh, Joining us today is the ABC2 news team uh, in Baltimore, Rob Brockmeyer, Senior Director of Creative Services. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hey, Rob. Kelly Groff, the news director. Hi. And Assistant Creative Director Julie Wigley. Hello. Thank you so much, guys, for taking a few minutes out of your day today and talking to us. I think Jen's going to start us off. Jen? Yeah, so our conversation today is really focused on social media and how newsrooms are evolving um, and embracing social media um, from both a research perspective and really a disseminating news perspective. So we just wanted to spend a little bit of time getting your perspective. Um, if you guys want to just start by letting us know kind of how how you're embracing social um, from both of those sides. Well, it kind of goes all the way back to, what was it, uh, how many years ago did we start with the MMJs? 2010. 2010 was when, uh, mm-hmm. in the news business, they first started talking about multimedia journalists and, uh, you know, doing away with the idea of a reporter, a photographer, an editor, and kind of mixing all the jobs so everybody's doing all three. Yeah. It kind of started there when uh, our corporate entity scripts uh, kind of latched on to, you know, we've got to make some changes. That was uh, where it started. Uh, it's gone through a lot of changes since then, obviously, and um, it, it continues to change, you know, almost month to month, but even week mm-hmm. to week. Um, as far as uh, the news uh, gathering, do you want to touch on that a little bit, Cal? Sure. So in our newsroom, and I can't speak for anybody else's newsroom, but in our newsroom, uh, everybody has a hand in social media. So if the reporters are out in the field, they have access to the main station page, and they can do Facebook Live from breaking news from the main station page. If a reporter comes upon a story and they want to share it, they can create a post and share it on our page, even when they're at home or somewhere else. Uh, they don't have to be in the building to do that. So it's very much a all-hands-on-deck approach with social media for us when it comes to people posting and sharing information. We just want to get it out there accurately and um, on social media first. So um, giving our reporters the ability to do these Facebook Lives out in the field just sort of takes out the middleman that's back here in the newsroom gathering information and goes right to the street. Kelly, um, build on that a little bit. I mean, can you talk talk to how your world has changed? You've been at Channel 2 for a while now. And I mean, how, how has your world changed um, with social media and as it relates to breaking news kind of the race to break it and how that impacts, you know, crossing every uh, T and dotting every I and and the 24-hour news cycle. I mean, how do you balance that race to be first and the accuracy piece? Well, accuracy is number one. I mean, there's no sense in getting first on social media if you're completely wrong. And so I don't think we stress over being the first because – with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and all these (laughs) other channels out there, people are really first most times. And that's really where we're getting information from when people see Mm -hmm. things happen. So for us, it's accuracy. I mean, we really don't stand in the middle of the newsroom and say, okay, who got that first? You know, it's more about what facts do we have and, um, how do we thoroughly explain it on all of our platforms? It's so much more than just social media. It's 
digital mm-hmm. broadcast. I mean, there are so many channels where people are getting their information, and, and we want to have a consistent, accurate message on all platforms. Can you guys talk a little bit, maybe, Julie, um, from the research perspective of how you're using social to gather news and news tips? Well, I think that kind of what Kelly was saying, uh, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword where social media helps us get the word out, but we're also relying on the people that are are Mm -hmm. putting out information. And it comes, you know, and I think we do it very well here is, you know, making sure that we're verifying the facts that we're getting because social media is kind of like a wildfire sometimes. Is that one tweet goes out and the next thing you know it's been retweeted across multiple platforms mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, the message might just be getting lost. So I think making sure that we're sticking to our guns on how we make sure it's accurate. You know, we want to make sure we have the facts from the actual source, not just from someone that might have been on the scene, um, that sort of thing, I think is super important when we're looking at social media from a research perspective and how we are, you know, maybe it's not us getting the news from the police scanner, but we're getting it from mm-hmm. Twitter. But, you know, the police scanner might be a little delayed, but it's more accurate. Right. So, you know, it, it's super important for us to look at it on both ends. In in this area, our police and our fire, they will tweet before they will send out a news release or anything. So when they tweet, it's official from them. Right. Um, and from a research standpoint, as a journalist in this market, you have got to find community organizations to follow on social media. Mm-hmm. And you meet people, and you become friends, and you get stories. I will say I get a story daily from my friends who are from this area who share things and community groups that I've joined. Um, it's just so so vital to just connecting. I would argue that um, some of our best, most uh, resonant stories are ones that come from a friend of a friend of a friend or someone uh, that's part of a group that we're also part of. Uh, those are the ones where you can really tell the story of a person as opposed, as opposed to an event. Um, those really tend to, and, and, you know, we have specific folks in the newsroom who get them a little more than others, folks who have been here for, you know, forever and a day in this market pre-social media. And, uh, you know, they, those kind of connections are what really work for us as far as taking it to the next level because people are getting their headlines from Twitter. Um, you know, it, it used to be, you know, we would, we, would, we would connect with a story, and the first thing we started, if it wasn't something we'd break in on the air for, it would be something that we'd immediately start building for 5 o'clock. Uh, those days are gone. Um, you know, we're, if, if we're racing to build the perfect 5 o'clock news, um, you know, for the day's events without getting it out as it's happening. You know, we've kind of already lost before the race starts. I want to ask you guys a little bit about Facebook. Um, they've recently announced that the algorithm is going to change a little bit again and that the, the emphasis is going to be a little bit more on local news. It's going to show up in feeds more readily. And, you know, I, I read a few things about some folks in different markets viewing this as obviously a positive thing, but always looking at it with a little bit of question because Facebook seems to change their mind on this sort of thing bi-weekly. I mean, what, what's your perspective on this, um, uh, on this latest development, I guess? Well, originally we, uh, uh, like most stations, uh, most news content groups, we looked at it with a little bit of fear. Um, personally, my concern was, losing traction with my Facebook dollars to boost posts, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, And then, you know, basically we approached it. I guess the first of 
the algorithm kicked in about two and a half weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way we approached it was a, a little bit like, okay, let's not go crazy and jump our buys up. Let's look at what we're doing. And, it, you know, somebody said to me, and, and they were right, you know, we're kind of entering this black hole and we won't have any real data for like 30 days um, until we know what's happening. I think it's going to be further than that because, like you said, John, uh, Facebook's constantly changing it. Um, out of the gate, we saw some uh, we saw some some things that made us happier. Um, you know, aside from our early concerns, uh, local news does seem to be uh, floating to the surface a little more because it is trusted. Um, I did not lose as much traction on my dollars as I thought I would. Although it really does come down to, and it's good for Facebook, I believe, and good for us. It's got to be good content. You know, the thing, the, the thing with Facebook is, you know, as long as they got that good balance of user experience versus ad dollars for them, they kind of have to do that because if it turns into a bunch of ads, obviously people are going to bail. Um, and so that's where we find ourselves is we're looking at our spends. Um, haven't seen as much damage as we thought we would see, but we're waiting till the end of the month and some of the stories that we're pushing. But ultimately, uh, you know, what everybody else is seeing, we're all looking at the same data, um, all the stations and everybody, you know, it's immediacy, it's stories that touch people's hearts that, you know, that, that feel like they resonate. Those are the things that boil to the top. Now, the one caveat I give myself, I don't know a whole lot about, I don't think a lot of us know, you know, the little secrets that uh, Facebook are doing. I do believe that there is some AI, artificial intelligence built into their algorithms. In regards to, I think it's learning. So whatever we do, I think it is going to work against, not work against it, but I think any anything that we try to do to kind of um, work the system will get worked out in the end, and it really just comes down to good content. And for us, when we're posting to Facebook daily, we just change up how we post. We're not always posting a link. Sometimes we post just straight video. Sometimes we post a picture. We're not one of those stations that does the happy face, like angry face, reaction type posts. We don't do a bunch of those. Um, but we just try and change the way our presentation looks on Facebook so every story doesn't look like a link. You know, as PR pros, we're always trying to look for different ways um, to get our clients on the news. You guys are very familiar with that. Um, can you talk a little bit about maybe some opportunities that might exist outside of um, traditional newscast? I know we worked with you last year. One of our clients is um, House of Ruth, Maryland, and we were able to do a Facebook Live um, conversation Q&A that we found to be really helpful um, for our client um, and kind of getting different exposure on a social platform versus just on air. Um, are there other opportunities that you guys are seeing success with? Facebook Live is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we we love Facebook Live. We're actually getting ready to do another one with House of Ruth because we had such such mm-hmm. success last year. Um, we do Facebook Lives right now with GVMC of content that doesn't make it on the newscast. Uh, we started last week. Um, one of our digital producers at night said they wanted to start profiling nonprofits and community organizations in the area. So they did a Facebook Live with a nonprofit organization that probably has not been on the newscast, but can be reached on social media and that we can really sort of help grow their footprint and help our viewers with the resources they need. We have folks here that aren't on air, um, but still contribute in some great ways. I've got a director 
Um, one of my TV directors, she loves Dancing with the Stars. She'll do Facebook Lives um, the morning after with Lynette Charles, and they'll do a, a very successful one. Our morning show talent does a Facebook Live on uh, The Bachelor. Um, I've got two guys who do movie pieces that are behind the scenes. My one goal, my one rule that I have with all my behind the scenes folks is that it's not about us. Either you're pushing how great our product are or you're introducing um, our audience to our talent. Um, and with that simple goal in mind, our folks have been doing some really interesting stuff. Um, I don't make it a, you've got to deliver me three pieces a day or three pieces a week. It's more organic. It's more, these are technical people who have technical jobs. And when they have time throughout their week, they bring something up, they deliver it to me, and we'll schedule it in a, in a place that makes sense. And it's just a little extra to help kind of sell the station from a point of view that's maybe not so newsy. Right, right. And Julia, Rob, is that, when, you, when it comes to different various posts or any kind of social media that, that you put out there, has anything in the last few months really surprised you at the way it's performed? Anything that you said, wow. People really liked that. That was a little bit of a surprise, or we took a little bit of a leap here, and it worked. Really, um, taking the viewer along with us really is huge. Um, not that it was a happy event, but when we did the um, end of watch for the two deputies in Harford County two years ago, wow, that was one where we really took our, our audience with us. They they were watching from our Facebook page while we set up for the, the – we were the um, pool camera team for that – um, that was an amazing day where we brought people with us emotionally. Uh, that that resonated. Well, obviously that was a while ago. We're doing a series of stories right now in Good Morning Maryland called Hidden Treasures, and it's it's um, showing off some items that the comptroller's office have has that belongs to you. Uh, and these are items, and we could see that it was doing pretty well on the web, and so we actually put a little money behind it and boosted the post, and it started reaching even more people. And the goal is to give you your stuff back. I mean, the goal is not have all this crap in the comptroller's closet, you know? So um, the interaction was great, the boost. You know, we could see immediate returns on page views and just sort of interaction. Um, and it's a month-long series. You know, we boosted it once a couple of weeks ago in the mm -hmm. beginning of the month, and it's, you know, done pretty well ever since. I, I think the real question going forward for all media, all local media, uh, as far as Facebook is concerned, specifically Facebook is concerned, is what does that blend look like? You know, all the stations across the country that have corporate, uh, they have a corporate entity that they, they live with, they're getting the um, kind of evergreens, they're getting the mix, the blend of packages that could go anywhere in any market, but you're also pushing, you know, your local stories. Um, you know, what does that blend look like? Uh, obviously, you can't just go with a bunch of uh, evergreen, national-looking packages on your site, but blending those in from, from your corporate uh, does help. Um, so what does that look like for news organizations going forward, I think? Of course, I'm saying that as the marketing guy, not the <laughs> Hey, guys, I have a question about just PR people in general <laughs> reaching out to you. I'm sure it happens you know, a lot. <laughs> and, you know, the one thing we preach to our team is that when we're going to make a pitch to somebody, uh, make sure it's thoughtful, it's well thought out, you have a clue, it's it's to the point, it's not too long-winded, et cetera, et cetera. I hope we're achieving that. But um, can you talk a little bit about what's the way you like to be approached when someone's trying to pitch you on a story or an idea or a concept 
What are good practices that resonate with you in such a busy world that you have? Food. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> uh, you know, we're still a visual medium. Um, and interviews are great and talking to people is great, but we still want people and we want people impacted and we want the visuals that go with it. Uh, so I love a release that comes over that has a little bit of everything, you know, and sometimes when it doesn't have visuals, you know, you have to understand that, okay, it's maybe not a TV story, but it is a great digital story and it mm -hmm. will read really well in words versus video, or it is a great Facebook live. So I think people need to realize that we're not just a TV station. We are a broadcast station and we have more than one channel that we are pushing content to, and we want original content on all those channels. So I think if we thought as we're pitching stories about all the mediums we have, it would go further. Yeah. That's really interesting because that's how we operate here, um, you know, within our agency. We're not just pitching broadcast stories. We have a social media team where we're managing client social media. We have a videographer now, graphic design. So it's really just picking the medium that works well for the story. Well, it's like yeah. the House of Ruth interview that we're mm -hmm. getting ready. House of Ruth is, we, we, we here love House of Ruth. You guys know that. It's very hard to give visuals to domestic abuse situations. And this particular topic that we want to talk about is teen dating violence. Well, there's no video for that, which is fine. So we'll do an interview and we'll mention it on air, but we'll go in-depth on a Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't necessarily need, you know, two minutes of TV time, but it will get five to seven minutes of Facebook time, and it will get play on digital, you know, so mm -hmm. they're just these other platforms that we have to, um, even I have to remember that I have to organize and arrange. I, I'm not technically in news, you know, I'm outside of that. So I'm always cognizant of the limits Kelly has to what, you know, they can do as a news organization, but I can also orchestrate things if, as far as along the lines of PR, uh, marketing and stuff. And I think that's what we approached as a team with Maroon on House of Ruth is, you know, obviously there needed to be more to it. The collection of items that we did uh, back in mm -hmm. December for Fill the House, uh, where we collected items for House of Ruth, that was great. But the real core behind that was to give a visual to the background of telling the stories throughout the day. The donations were amazing, and the turnout was great. But the real value of that day, as far as I was concerned, was that we were doing live hits every hour and telling stories and there were folks coming in, and as soon as they saw that logo of House of Ruth, they had a connection to it. Um, so really, the gathering was important, but that almost served as a backdrop to help deliver the rest of the message, if, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Um, guys, this was incredibly insightful. Guys, thank you very much for really, really, for taking time out of your busy days. We really appreciate it. Um, it's great insights, and you know how much we enjoy working with you all, but thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys. That was the ABC2 and Baltimore News team. Rob Brockmeyer, Senior Director of Creative Services. Kelly Groff, the News Director. And Assistant Director of Creative Services, Julie Wigley. That was fantastic. That was Real, fantastic. Very insightful. Yeah. Thanks again for downloading. Thanks again for listening to Spotlight, the Maroon PR podcast. And we will talk to you soon.